Hey everybody, welcome to this month's Metal Misconduct. This is Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records, and as always, we have Sean Rourke from NHL.com. Sean, How are you there? doing, guys? It's uh, good to be back again. And we are very honored to have with us this time Chris Mason from the Nashville Predators. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Oh, hey, our pleasure. Thanks thanks for doing this. So I guess my first question is you re-signed in the offseason with Nashville again, coming back, uh, almost kind of back home, I guess, a little bit because you, you spent some time there. How did that all come about? Yeah, I just, you know, I got to uh, July 1st, which is free agency. And, uh, you know, I wanted to see kind of what the options were. And, you know, Nashville had traded their uh, their backup and they had a spot there and, and they called um, they're one of the first teams that we talked to, so it was definitely a place that I, you know, been before and I'm really comfortable with. And uh, you know, I just believe that at this time they they have a great chance to win. And you know, I'm 36 now, so that was uh, was one of my big deciding factors was going to a team that had a chance to win. And you know, I'm thankful that this opportunity came about to come back to Nashville. And, uh, you know, obviously you're, you're somewhat familiar with Nashville and it seems like looking at it from the outside, they have such a great support system. When you look at their staff, you know, uh, David Poyle's been there forever. Barry's been there forever. And then even on the goaltending side, you know, Mitch Korn's been there forever, kind of as the goaltending guru. Um, uh, how much did that play into the whole thing? Uh, that, that played, that had a huge, uh, you know, part to do with it because, you know, like you said, you, you have the comfort factor and I know all of those people and they're all just quality people. And, um, you know, they, it's team first mentality and they've been working at this together for a long time to, you know, kind of get the team to this point where, you know, they're, they're legitimate contenders and they're ready to win every year. And they've developed their, their guys and their minors. And now they're all kind of coming, coming to the point where they're impact guys. And, uh, you know, I, that had a lot to do with my decision and uh, you know, that it made it easy, especially with having the same faces around here. Now in this day and age with in the NHL coaching system and even all of major sports, how does a guy like Barry Trotz, who's been there forever, stay there for that long? What's, his, just, se- what's uh, his secret? His secret is he's, he's just a great, he's just a great person. The guys seem to they all want to play with him, They want to play for him. Uh, you know, he changes it up. He's not, uh, it's not, you know, my way or the highway. And, you know, obviously when we're, you know, doing systems and things like that, it's, it's his way, but he's just, he's open to change. He's really educated, uh, about, you know, new, new systems and trying new things. And guys just want to play for him. He's just an awesome person. And, uh, he's just, the staff works so well together and it's just, uh, you know, bottom line is he, he tries to keep it fresh and, and keeps guys thinking and, and, well, at the same time, holding everybody to accountable to uh, to a high standard, and you know, over the years, they've developed a reputation around the league as one of the hardest teams to play against. And you know, that's uh, you know, that's Barry's. He's got a direct impact on on the style and the type of hockey he plays. So I think that's uh, definitely a feather in his cap for for you know getting that reputation because you know with the hard work that, that you know he's put in and the coaches and the staff have put in, they've you know they've developed that re- reputation around the league. And plus, he's one of the legendary talkers in uh, in all of the NHL. I would assume he talks your ear off like everybody else's, right? He does. He's he's a talker, but you know what? He's he'll give anybody the time of day, and he's just uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's you can't say enough good things about him because he's just he's just a great person, and you know, he'll talk to anybody, and just 
just a great all-around guy, and it's just it's fun playing for somebody that cares so much. Do you feel being in a smaller market and not uh, you know hockey as hockey mad a market as other places, especially when it comes to the media, being in Nashville, that's let him kind of stick around a little bit longer because there's not the pressure you would have whether if you were in Montreal or Toronto or Boston or any of those places. Uh, well, you know, maybe, but I, I, I don't, I actually, I, sorry, I wouldn't agree with that because if you look over the years, the Nashville Predators have a pretty good success in getting it in the playoffs and, you know, getting teams that are competitive every single year, uh, with also being one of the lower, uh, end spending teams. So, I mean, you know, he's had years where, you know, David Poyle has been handcuffed with, uh, with a pretty strict budget and he's been right against the, uh, you know, the salary cap floor and, you know, year after year, Nashville seems to be in the mix and seems to, you know, everybody thinks he'll achieve, but the, just the belief system that they've built into this organization, uh, you know, they've always felt it doesn't matter. It's, you know, if we, you know, put team first and the work ethic and we play a certain way that we're going to be successful. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, another accolade of his is, you know, they haven't always had the star power. They had a couple of years where they had tall Korea, and, you know, they ended up trading for Peter Forsberg, but you look at the history and it's, you know, they've got guys coming in to the team every year that nobody's ever heard of. And all of a sudden, these guys are making impact. I remember when, you know, Patrick Hornquist, I was in St. Louis, but when he came into the league and scored almost 30 goals or might have scored 30, nobody even heard of him because he played Milwaukee and he came up and, you know, they have that kind of thing every year. Um, it's just the way that they develop their players here in Nashville. What are you... What... What do you think as far as when when you came back, you looked at this team and you said, you know, they have a chance to win. Why do you think that? I mean, they've been good, as you mentioned, second round of the playoffs last year, but they've never really kind of got over that hump. What convinced you that this could be the year? Oh, I think last year, I mean, you look at the West. I mean, I, I think anybody, it could have been anyone. There was no clear cut. Like Los Angeles was, they were on top of their game and, and they, you know, they really had a good streak going. But, I mean, anybody anybody could have won in the West. You know, teams that, you know, there's, uh, you know, three or four teams that didn't make playoffs that could have been competitive and, and could have won. And, you know, L.A. came down to the end of the season before they even clinched a spot. So, I just think that Nashville's got one of those teams. If things start going, they have one of the best goalies in the world in Packer Rene, one of the best defensemen in the world in Shea Weber, and they just have good balance. They signed some... You know, good veteran guys this year. They brought back Hal Gill, you know, Paul Gosted, and uh, you know, just signed Scott Hannon for for some defensive depth. And I think that you know, there's no reason why they can't win. I think the key is you have to be. When you look at what happened in NFL with the Giants and obviously last year with the Kings, you just have to flip that switch. You have to time it right to peak right when the playoffs start, and then you have an advantage over every other team. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, it's, you know, some of it's luck, some of it's, you know, you go through those up and ups and downs all season. And if you're on one of those streaks where, you know, it just seems no matter what, what you do, you can't do wrong. And, uh, you know, their goalie was playing well and their guys were just, everything was, everything was clicking. I think that, you know, you need those types of those swings and to be on the upswing to win the Stanley cup because so much goes into it. But you know, LA definitely had that going on. And, you know, there's no reason a team like Nashville couldn't do that as well. With that being said, I would think that you should see quite a bit of action this year because you've got to keep both goaltenders fresh. Like, you know, the Kings down the stretch started to play Bernier much more than they had in the past to keep Quick fresh so he was fresh for the playoffs. 
yeah, I think that that's something that I, I definitely know my role here. And, uh, you know, moving forward as an organization, I think the team realizes that, uh, you know, if they want Pekka fresh, ready to go in playoffs, they need to give him a few breaks here and there because uh, he's played a you know, boatload of hockey over the last few years. And, and you know, you do wear down and you see, you've seen it with uh, Kiprasov a little bit in Calgary. And uh, just the guys that play those, you know, 65, 70 games, just, it just wears on you because it's condensed in you know, quite a short time. So, you know, I've, I'm more than happy to, you know, hopefully uh, step in and, and uh, you know, contribute to the team and, and give Packer a rest when necessary so he's fresh when playoffs come because, you know, we all, we all want to win the Stanley Cup and, and you need, uh, it, starts with, it starts with him. So we've talked a little bit about hockey now. What we need to talk about is not only your mask this year, which is fantastic. Now hold on just... now, hold on now, hold on. That's, he's, getting, <laughs> he's getting ahead of himself now. So <laughs> you're right, Sean. What I was going to say was that you, even though you're a famous world-class goaltender for an, many NHL teams, you're vastly becoming just as famous now for your masks that you've been wearing. And uh, so take us back to the beginning of, of when you first started to, I guess, probably when you're, uh, when you're a junior, were you able to design your own mask? You were. Yeah, you were, but you were pretty much limited. Uh, and, you know, when I was growing up, I was just coming uh, out of the era where, you know, you basically had the team colors and, and you know, straight kind of lines on the mask to, you know, match your team. So it just started getting into that. And I, I love, that's why I, one of the reasons I loved and I started playing goal is because of the equipment and, you know, goalie mask and all that stuff. And I just think it's such a cool thing to, to be able to kind of put a little creative personal, uh, you know, stuff on your mask that no other sport really allows to do that. And, uh, so, you know, when I was in junior, I just went with the basic, I played for the Prince George Cougars. So I had a, you know, my name and the big Cougar, Cougar over the thing and my number on the back. So it was pretty basic. So that's something that's evolved and I've kind of went back and forth from being some, you know, pretty cool stuff to some basic old school stuff. So just really fun doing that. So the big question of course becomes when and how did you decide to put Eddie from Iron Maiden on your mask? Well, you know, working with uh, with Steve Nash and Eye Candy Air, he is such a, a Derek Riggs fan. That's the you know the artist who does the art for Iron Maiden, and he asked me, he's like, "Do you like Iron Maiden?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, everybody, almost everybody that likes you know music or heavy metal or rock music loves Iron Maiden. Um, so I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well," he goes, "What do you think about going in that direction?" I'm like, "Sure." I'm like, "You know what?" I'm like, "Let's let's go look." So we were on the phone and we went to some of the album covers. And the single covers last year, I, I had uh, the single cover for Aces High, which is, you know, unbelievable. Teddy and uh, a little prop plan, I think. And, you know, I played for the chat. So we just kind of, you know, manipulated it into that kind of theme or whatever. But, um, you know, so we, we that, and that got a big, a great response. I mean, you know, Western Canada is actually, there's a real big uh, heavy metal uh, base of fans there so I got so many comments on uh, like holy smokes and this is unbelievable like everyone was coming up saying man your mask is unbelievable love it love Eddie on it it's just it's awesome I was like oh that's so cool like because we loved it too we just didn't know the response you're going to get with the first year back we thought do we go with like fully team oriented mask or do we kind of go out there a little bit and throw something you know like that on there so we decided to go with, uh, with Eddie and then uh, you know this year we weren't changing that theme because uh, 
which Eddie's, uh, first of all, he's, he's an amazing character. And uh, uh, so we went back with, with Eddie again, and we ended up picking up uh, him doing his head a lot bigger on the uh, on the top of my mask um, from the cover of the Power Slave album where he's kind of a, you know, an Egyptian pharaoh. So I had another one drawn up if I were to go back to Winnipeg, which is also pretty cool. Um, but uh, maybe I'll try to get that out there somehow. But yeah, so we just, anyway, we decided to go with Eddie and um, just the response has been unbelievable. You even heard from the band, right? We heard, we, we asked, we made sure that uh, we got permission. Um, they, they, I can hear, um, called up and got uh, permission from the artist and from Iron Maiden, and, uh, which I think is that, you know, the right thing to do. There's a lot of people that just go over and kind of do their own thing without, uh, without the copyright permission, all that. And so we got that. And um, yeah, I heard secondhand that they tweeted somebody. Oh, yeah. Tweeted to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they responded and they said they you know they, they love my mask and all that kind of stuff. So that was really kind of cool. Oh yes, yeah. so I'm good friends actually with Rod Smallwood, who's Iron Maiden's manager, and they just played here in Southern California uh, a couple months ago. So I had that conversation with him because yes, they did tweet it out. By the way, they tweeted out the picture and they love they love the mask and the band's really into it. So I talked to Rod about that. So I said, "Are you guys any of these any of you guys really into ice hockey?" And they said, "Well, we like it." There's like Nico lives in in South Florida. He lives in South Florida. The drummer. So oh, yeah. He, so he's a little bit into it. But and Rod. Just Rod's a huge sports fan. He loves. I mean, they're all. All of those guys are obsessed with with soccer. But he's a huge sport, sports fan. So he thought it was really cool that you know somebody from a major sports team uh, uh, did that. So and they don't also, also. You should know that they don't give permission very often for people to use Iron Maiden stuff. So that was kind of a big thing for them to give permission for that. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, I, I realized that too because uh, when we were talking about it, we said, "Oh, this is a great idea," but. Like you just said, they're not known for giving permission to use their, you know, their images and all their covers and stuff. So we were quite honored that uh, that we were able to use it. It's pretty cool. It just worked out great. And you know, legendary band like Iron Maiden. I mean, who doesn't like them, right? So and you know, Eddie's like also an iconic figure in the metal industry, and they're you know their face of Iron Maiden for forever. So it's it's awesome. Or, we're lucky to, to have that permission, that's for sure. So obviously, you're an Iron Maiden fan. Have you seen them live before? I have not seen them live, actually. Oh, and, uh, terrible. Yeah, it's, you know what, it's, it's, it's tough with, uh, with this. I've heard they're absolutely amazing, too. And I would, uh, that's something on the old uh, bucket list that I would love to, love to see them live as, you know, everybody that's been to concerts and all that knows it's, it's, you can't beat it, right? So uh, that's one of the things on the list for me. Uh, you've been there for a while it's not uh, not quite the metal uh, hotbed either is it no it, it's not but it's uh, it's definitely I found since the last time I was here it, it's definitely a growing city uh, you know it's kind of expanding its uh, its country roots in, into a bunch of you know different uh, genres of music and you know there's uh, you know cool little trendy areas here and you know it's not a big metal scene obviously Nashville's uh, Nashville's first and foremost country which is cool but you know there are uh, there are places and they do get some uh, some bands in here that you can you know if you're willing to, to do the research you can you can definitely track it down now aside from Iron Maiden give us some of your other favorite heavy metal bands oh this is uh, it's put me on the spot uh, <laughs> no pressure yeah no pressure uh, well you know like you know, I don't mind uh, Judas Priest. I saw, I actually saw 
uh, Motorhead, and I played a year in Norway, and there was a Motorhead uh, concert at uh, at the Big Dome they had, and I saw them live, and they were pretty they were pretty amazing as well. But uh, I just I, I got kind of caught off guard here with the question, but that's, that's nice. all I can think of right now. <laughs> I, those are two excellent picks. Don't don't feel bad at all. Did you go to that show with Scotty Martin? Oh, you were out there with him, man, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did go to him and I went together. Or actually, I don't know if Scotty came that night. I went with one of the guys on the team for sure. I'm pretty sure Scotty must have been there. But uh, one of the other guys on the team was a huge metal fan. There was, uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, uh, the band. Uh, I think it was a Norwegian band or a Finnish band. He was, I think it was Turbo Negro or something like that. Yeah, yeah Turbo Negro, yeah. Yeah, he was exposing me to them and just some of the different, uh, you know, European metal that I'd, I'd never heard of. So it was, it was pretty cool. He was, he was a pretty pretty interesting guy. It's a fun place to be. Well, you know, we talk to, to athletes all the time on the show, and we always talk about music and concerts, and it's always difficult because of this. You know, the season is so long. You need to only have so many nights off, and then in the summertime, obviously, you're dealing with family and everything else. So I, I get it that it's really hard to go see shows. Like we were talking to, to Tony Ludman from the Anaheim Ducks uh, uh, bit ago, and he was saying he's a real monster metal fan, and all these bands that he absolutely loves, he's like, I've never been able to see them live because you know I have this and that. He said drives him crazy. So I know how tough that can be. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know. It's like you know, especially if I have two kids too. I I used to golf, and I gave up golf six years ago when my daughter was born, just because you know it's tough to justify six hours away from home when I'm you know traveling all year and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the wife's not uh, she's not really into that scene either, that music scene. But uh, uh, so, but you know, it's one of those things that uh, if I can knock off a couple along the way, that'd be good enough for me. Well, well, we definitely have to get you to an Iron Maiden show at some time because I know those guys would love to meet you because they were really, like I said, they were really all into into the mask. So, have you heard from other people in the music industry about the mask before, or just mainly fans? Well, I, I remember last year, and I get this secondhand because I'm not on Twitter. So, um, the uh, the artist and uh, Stephanie. Uh, they send me, who was also um, part of iCandy, or they send me like updates or like tweets. You got to go check this out. Uh, Chris Jericho sent uh, a tweet because, and he probably has never seen me play or anything, but he's like, best goalie ever, Chris Mason. He's got Eddie on his mask. So. <laughs> oh, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, you get- you're wrong. Jericho, he's a good, he's another good friend of mine. He's a monster hockey fan. He's from Winnipeg. So he actually went, oh, to, yeah. he went to quite a few Winnipeg games. So I believe he has seen you play. So. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Maybe I, I didn't know at the time because it was uh, just when the mass text came out or whatever. So that's kind of cool. I've seen him wrestle and act also. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Did you put act in quote marks? Is that what happened there? Pardon me? Did you put act in quote marks? Is that what happened there or no? No, I've seen him. Uh, no, no. He uh, in uh, MacGruber. I think he's got a part in there. So seen the movie. You should also check out his heavy metal band named Fozzie, whose new record is actually actually really, really good. Really? Wow, I will. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That's cool. See, now now you know. See, all these all these celebrities are out there enjoying your mask. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. That's cool. I, that's, those are the only two that I've heard, but you know, I, I've heard from like like a lot of fans that are like big time metal fans just saying how, you know, awesome that is and you know, and then you have you have the the fans also that say, "Hey, that's not a jet; it's a prop plane, and all this kind of stuff." And I'll, you know, like, hey, guys, let's just relax here. You get the you get the idea, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that, but you're not only famous for the mask. Last year, you did basically the whole equipment suite. You had everything set up. You had the the leg pads to kind of mimic the Winnipeg Jets logo, which had never happened. Same thing with the blocker and the and the glove. Are you trying to do something like that again this year? Yeah, uh, right now I've just got uh, you know a basic uh, set of uh, Brian's pads with uh, with the graphic that of their new model that they're coming out with. But uh, we have we have something coming along that's kind of similar, you know, using the uh, Predators logo, obviously, and uh, you know, it's trying to trying to duplicate or kind of go off of kind of what we did last year. So we're looking forward to, to getting those, but those are pretty cool. I, I remember. Uh, when we, uh, you know, we're designing those and trying to figure it out, figure it out, and I, I remember getting them and just thinking, like, I couldn't believe how how good it looked with that logo and just how much they nailed, uh, you know, nailed what we're going for. So it was it was pretty cool. And yeah, those uh, those guys are pretty sick. Were you were you nervous at all because it's such a it it, it, it it was such a departure from from what anybody else does. Everybody, for those that don't know, usually the the leg pads on goalies are just the color scheme of whatever the team is, and maybe like a squiggly or something like that. That's usually not reserved for personal expression. And and out you came with something that was completely off the charts. Were you nervous at all about the reception you were going to get? No, I wasn't because I thought first of all I thought it was a great idea, and I thought it just looked unbelievable. So I was like, I was excited. I've never really you know. Obviously, you want people to like it, but you, I don't really care if if they like it or not because I I loved it. So I was like, you know, it's, it's like I don't know what to compare it to. It's like getting a tattoo that you love, and everybody says that they kind of look at you, you know, cross-eyed, like, what, you know, what the hell are you thinking getting that? But you're like, you know what, I love it. It means something. It's cool, all that kind of stuff. So I, I knew, and um, I, I just I thought people would love them, is what I thought. So um, and everybody everybody said they're you know they're unbelievable. And I, uh, I definitely loved them. They turned out amazing. So I didn't really have any reservations. I was, I was more excited than, than anything. Now you're starting to set a, a real interesting fashion trend here with all of this different stuff. Do you feel like you're a trailblazer doing this, or you just like you just think it's fun to do it? Uh, I think it's fun to do it. Like I love drawing myself. So I like I, I love drawing up masks, and I've always loved to do that. I used to love drawing goalies. So it's just something I've kind of always you know, kept doing since I was a kid. So I, I, I love it. And I, I don't think I'm trailblazing by any means because, you know, maybe with the pads a little bit in the NHL, but people have done it, you know, at the college level and, uh, you know, they get custom stuff all the time. I think the NHL has been, uh, you know, guys have done pretty cool and pretty uh, out there things on their mask you know, for a long time. So I don't think I'm you know, doing anything crazy there. But, you know, with the pads, I mean, I, I think Brian's, did a, such an unbelievable job of making it. I think guys would probably look at that and think that's something, you know, maybe some guys want to do. Some guys just like the basic graphic, and I know companies, they want you to wear that graphic so they can sell more pads in the, you know, in the store and all that. But, uh, you know, Brian's, Brian's, they're completely custom, and they just let me kind of do whatever I wanted. I just, I loved it. Do you uh, do you remember the first mask that you saw that that you kind of remember and you you know you said that was one of the reasons you became a goalie? Do you does one stand out where you kind of saw that and you're like that's when you first noticed? Uh, there's not one, but there's it's all of them. I, I remember they all <clears throat> when I was growing up watching hockey, they were all so different. You know, some of them were the form uh, sitting ones that just went on the face. And they were all different shapes, and some were molded to the face, and some, you know, some had longer chins. And this is before they had the helmet mask combos. And then they had some guys with the helmet and cage, and you know, then they get it and you know, got into the helmet mask combination. 
it just to all of them, I was just so, I just loved it. Like, I just couldn't get enough of any boy. The artwork, I mean, some of the ones with the, uh, you know, the stitch marks, I think it was Jerry Cheevers. And, uh, yeah, that was the first one I remember seeing, and I was a goalie for a while, and uh, you would think that would turn you away from being it. For some reason, it just attracted me to it. Exactly. It's just like, that's so cool. Like, you just kind of mark it as little, you know, war wounds or whatever. You, got, you, got, like, you know, it's just a cool kind of thing. And, you know, the one, let's see, the other one with the, uh, I don't know if it's a cheetah face or a... Uh, uh, I don't know. I can't remember who's, uh, who's masculine. But, you know, they all did, like, you know, I just I just was infatuated with goalies, so I would just I had their hockey cards with pictures. I would draw them. I just I just loved it. And Delfors, I remember his mask was a big one for me. Um, with the Eagles on the side, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, but there, there's just there's a lot. Hey, and Ed Belfour, by the way, had some Iron Maiden on one of his masks at one point too. Did he? Wow, I did not know that. That's that's cool. Yeah, and you know, you you mentioned before you're not a trendsetter with with the pads and everything, but I could see because those things look so cool last year. And I, same thing, you see it in the minor leagues and in, in college, but not as much in the in the NHL. I could see a time in a few years down the road where more, just like what happened with the goalie masks, where we started to make these really amazing masks, where people a lot more goaltenders in the NHL will start to do something different on their pads and not just on their mask. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. I mean, it's you know as long as you're not you're not going crazy and you're still kind of staying in the you know representing the team and it looks good with your jerseys. I mean, it's pretty cool because you you see all these guys and they basically have this exact same design with one stripe that's a different color. So the guys all look the same, you know. And I think it's uh, I just love it because you can kind of you know put your own little twist on. You know, some guys don't some guys don't even probably care for it. They're just like, hey, just. Give me whatever, that's fine, and, and you know that's cool too. But uh, you know, goalies uh, tend to tend to care. You know, most of them care what's on their mask, and they want to be part of that uh, whole process. So I, I think the pads is that it's it's awesome that you're able to do that. And I think that uh, yeah, it probably will catch on for some guys. Well, it adds to the personality a lot too. I think, which is something the NHL needs now. In in relation to the pads, is there are there any restrictions that the NHL gives you, or can, you can other than I guess you got to be someone in the team colors, or can you just do whatever you want? Uh, we 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 always ask the team, and you have to get you know get things okay with the team because, from my understanding, and, and I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I think some teams don't or won't let their uh, you know their logo kind of go on the, uh, the equipment like that, but I'm oh. not, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So that's, that's kind of what we heard last year when we were trying to get this, uh, get this okay to Winnipeg was completely cool. So, which was, which was awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you'd have to make sure it was okay with the team before anything. So now that you're back in Nashville, are you going to next year's mask going to be a red solo cup or what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I, we're gonna have to. We're hope. We'll hope for uh, for that. That's for sure. But we'll have to wait and see. Well, I'll be. Uh, we'll all be very much looking forward to watching you play, so that we can see the wonderful Eddie again on your mask and get some extra time for that. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's, uh, I love this. Is I, you know I almost say this every year, but this this is my favorite mask. I think just the way it flows and with the colors. And uh, we didn't we didn't even have to change the colors on Eddie's uh, his. Uh, little crown there or whatever the heck you call it. I'm just drawing a blank right now. But it was gold and blue anyway, so it was perfect. When you get the approval from the, the stamp of approval from Iron Maiden, you know you've done something right here. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's that's the ultimate approval when you're doing something like that. And, and the artist, uh, 
the artist as well. And then Iron Maiden on top of it. I mean, you can't beat it. Chris, do you uh, do you keep all your masks? Um, I've, I've tried to keep most of them. I mean, some sometimes uh, you know with the transactions and you know leaving in summer and then not coming back to the team. There's a couple along the way that I haven't been able to to get. Uh, but most of them, I do keep them. I, I love them. Uh, you know, I, I wish I wish I could have all all of my masks that I've had. If you know, I could go back, I would have made a bigger stink about trying to get them and and making uh, sure that I got them. But um, I'm missing a couple for sure. Do you do you have them on display, or are they in a storage? Or uh, they're at my house now. They've kind of been all over, but uh, I have them in my basement, uh, lined up on the on the floor by kind of our little games area. So you know. I, I don't really like displaying much of my own, like, you know, accolades and things like that. But I think everybody enjoys, you know, kind of looking at the, you know, the art on the masks and uh, and all that. So I, I usually have, uh, I just put those out this summer because uh, I was kind of organizing and seeing what I, which ones I did have. And, um, so I try to line them up chronologically for when I wore them. And it's pretty cool. And, and people, uh, people that come over like, like look at them too. So we got to start getting uh, some trending here happening to get replica of these masks available for people. Yeah, I, I think, you know what? I think it's a great idea. And I, I, I even suggest, I think it'd be a great, uh, you know, charity auction item too, like to do an exact replica of some of these masks and you take them to the, you know, appropriate events and, um, you know, you kind of bid on an exact mask and then you can, you know, donate the money to charity. I mean, that's pretty cool. Or you could do, you know, the smaller ones would even be, even be better and you could, them in a gift shop or, or, or whatever, but and they're pretty, uh, they're pretty neat. There's so many different, there's so many cool masks out there, and the artists do such a good job. And especially when you get into like, you know, something like having Iron Maiden, where there's so many Maiden fans around, I think it's would be pretty cool. Well, I'll definitely mention that uh, to Rod because that's the one thing where you do have to get the sign off of Iron Maiden. Maybe if if the Predators won't do it, maybe we'll somehow try to get Iron Maiden to do it or, or a combination of the two. But we got to make it happen somehow. I'm on a mission here. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be, that's a great idea. That'd be quite the collectible right there to put in your office or your family room or whatever for all those Maiden fans. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they probably, they, a lot of them probably have no idea who I am, but <laughs> you love Iron Maiden and, and you got Eddie on there and they did such a great job of, uh, you know, creating him. It's, it's a kind of a different, uh, a different angle on it, right? Definitely. So what's your off season like now that you're in the off season? Do you just get to chill out a bit or are you still like everybody else have to kind of keep up the chops? Uh, well, no, I'm, you know, I'm back in Nashville. My daughter's turned six, so she's first grade. Take her to school every day, down to the rink um, from Monday to Friday for training and skating. And then, uh, you know, at this point uh, with this, obviously still in summer, we get the weekends off. So that's kind of nice, but um you know, last half of summer is back to back to business. We, you know, first month after, pretty much, you know, don't do anything and kind of take her easy. But you have to slowly kind of, you know, get yourself uh, back into shape. And and then, uh, you know, last half of the summer, last three months, you're, you know, you're on the ice three times a week, and now we're on every day. So we're we're back at full tilt almost. It must be at this point. It must be hard because you're you're so ready for the season to start. After you do a couple of weeks of those three times a week, but also I guess it's kind of uh, diametrically opposed because it is so relaxed. Like I've been to a lot of these informal skates that guys have. You know, there's sometimes there's guys from other teams there, and you know, it's kind of a different vibe than that organized training that goes on. Yeah, it, it is. You know, you're you're going out there to 
you know, to get the feeling back of being on the ice, get the, you know, the muscles, uh, you know, get the soreness out of the way and kind of get your wind. And it is different. It's not, it's not the same intensity as, uh, you know, as a regular season practice. And obviously you're not working on systems. You're kind of just, you're doing the drills to, to get more of the physical benefits, I think. But, uh, but yeah, it's still, you know, it's, it's definitely a necessity and, you know, everybody finds, you know, especially, you know, you have to 36 and I've done this, you know, a hundred times. It feels like you kind of get to know when you got to go on the ice and, uh, when you have to start kind of bearing down and all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is different from the, the regular season, but I, I don't like it as much, but it's, uh, cause it's, you know, for just for, for kind of, you know, it's just like working out. I, I love doing it, but I hate it. So it's kind of the same, same kind of thing. You played in Prince George way back in the day, and uh, for those of us who haven't gone out to Western Canada, I've heard tons of things about Prince George, but um, what is that like? I mean, that's so far out west and, and kind of up north, and, you know, I would assume it's a it's a pretty rugged place, both wilderness-wise yeah. and just the, the town itself. Yeah, it was. It was like, you know, when I when I went there, it was, uh, it was definitely a mill town, and they had the, the pulp and paper mills, and it kind of you know, had a funny little smell to it, but, uh, I don't know. Like I was, I'm from Red Deer, which is you know, not a huge city. And I honestly, I, I didn't know any better. And I wanted to play in the Western hockey league and so bad. And I remember, um, you know, going to Prince George and, and you get thrown it all with the family. And the first time you do that, that's a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, you know, you're moving away from home and the family you don't know. And, um, it just, it honestly made me, Except, like, we, I don't know, we had one of the worst teams in Canada. So you're getting like 50 shots a night. Our closest trip was six hours on the bus. Uh, you know, we'd get home at, you know, seven in the morning. We had to go straight to school. Uh, it just, it, it honestly, like, prepared me and made me uh, appreciative of where, where I am now, um, what it takes to get there. Um, also, um, you know, it made me like, you know, you, you go in and play in the minors and you're doing the bus trips there. It made that seem like nothing. Guys, some of the guys come from college and have you know, university and they've never been exposed to that. Um, for me, it was, it just seemed like absolutely, you know, the easiest thing in the world because of, you know, what I'd gone through in Prince George. Um, but, you know, I loved it there. The, the fans that were there when we, cause we, we were, I was there for the first three years the team was there and uh, they were just so passionate and, you know, even though we, we sucked for the first two years, they were just, they were there every night. And we had a pretty good playoff run my last year. So it was, uh, it was awesome. And I, you know, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Isn't it kind of a good thing though, for a developing goaltender to be on a bad team? Cause you're going to face a lot of shots. Yeah, it, it, it was, it really helped me. And you know, it, it, it really, it kind of just tests your mental strength. If you, if you're able to, you know, to kind of be in that situation. And, and, uh, I guess, you know, you feel like you're failing if you can just keep the will to, to keep going and, and, uh, just kind of keep believing in yourself when you're, you know, losing and getting pumped every second night. So it's, uh, it, it did, I, I believe, you know, I mean, you can't go back and change anything. And I believe that, you know, had a huge part in uh, developing my character and, and, you know, kind of testing yourself along the way, which, you know, everybody has those things thrown at you, whether, you know, it's, it's, it's anything. And that was, you know, that was definitely one of my big life questions. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Cool. I got one last thing to ask you. 
So last year, as we mentioned, you played in Winnipeg, and the atmosphere there, just ju- just watching it on television, seems completely insane. What was it really like in those buildings, and how was it for you as a player? It was absolutely amazing. Like I, you know, we'd have everybody ask us this all the time because they, they you know, they saw it on TV, they came to, or they, they played against us, or you know, anybody. Even the people that were at the game, like, how was it really? Like, you know, we know it's loud, but is it? What do you think when you're on the ice? And it was, it was unbelievable. You get shivers. Uh, you know, I'm on the bench list of the national anthem, or when I was playing um, the odd game at home. It was just, you just oh man, it's just, it was unbelievable. It, it was, and it never, it didn't slow down. It almost picked up as the as the season went on, and it, I, I didn't think that was possible because I thought, how could the excitement be better than? You know, the, the beginning of the season when you finally have the Jets back and, you know, it just kept getting better and better and the national anthem was, was amazing. And it was just a great ex- fan experience for sure. One of the best I've ever had. Well, we have to thank Chris Mason so much for hanging out with us this month. We will... All, all of us metalheads now, because of your mask, are all and all the Iron Maiden fans are all going to be huge Nashville Predator fans. So, metalheads, all the metalheads out there are going to be rooting for you all season long and the whole Predators team. So, be prepared. Well, that's awesome. And Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Chris Mason from the Nashville Predators for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys next month.